The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hello and welcome back to The Posse. Welcome back to The Healthcare Wrap, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jared Johnson, your host, and I've got with me my co-host, Peter Balistrieri. Peter. Yes. You there? I am here. <laughs> you are. That is, that's so good to hear your voice. How are things going uh, for Peter these days? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. How about yourself? It's getting to that time where we are, kids are out of school, and uh, we're planning the summer vacation trips, if you will. And uh, I know that we have not been back to Wisconsin since we moved to Arizona. So we are going to be taking a trip back and, and reacquainting ourselves with friends and relatives that we left in the dust a couple years ago, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but uh, we're very proud of our, our kids that have um, graduated. Uh, one has graduated eighth grade, so we, I will have a high schooler next year. That feels a little crazy. Uh, I know you have a similar story. Yours is even to that next level. How are things with you? Things are fabulous. Not only because it is, like you said, kind of the beginning of travel and vacation season, but you're right. We had a, a significant graduation in our house. We had our oldest graduate from high school. And so that yeah. brings on an entirely new world of parenting that I'm not ready for yet. And I haven't <laughs> really felt like I've been ready for any of these phases of parenting, but Hey, you know, it's what, what we live for, isn't it? You know, it's, it's good stuff. It was really great to see that on Facebook, you and our friends, and uh, looks like you ha had a great time and it was uh, a great graduation. So congratulations to your son. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's a lot of fun for sure. We live for family and that, that has to do with travel as well. You know, you mentioned that, you know, kind of this, this time of year. Uh, I'm always curious, you know, where people go. I was literally, I was getting asked today where people go when they, uh, I was speaking to some New Englanders because I happen to be at, at Neshco, which is the, it's the annual conference for the New England Society for Healthcare Communications. Yeah. It's been a blast, uh, but, you know, it, it's almost like a, hey, help us understand life from the Southwest because, you know, everyone's, everyone's going to New England in the summer. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we are fleeing town as quickly as possible <laughs> in Arizona. So uh, as far as travel goes, last summer was, was a big one for us. We hit Yellowstone and uh, felt like we barely even covered it within a couple of days. And that's on the list. It's going to be a pretty long list of, of the national park type places where I can really just, I, I think I could live there if it was possible. As long as I've got an internet connection, I'd probably be okay uh, being there uh, full time. So uh, Yellowstone's on that list. Probably it's at the top of that list now in terms of places that, that I'm intent on going back to and will be traveling to again at some point, just not this summer. The summer is actually pretty light for us. So 
I don't know about you, Peter. It's like I said, going back to Wisconsin, doing all the things that we do there, getting a haircut from my dad, um, going to Summerfest, traveling down by the lake, seeing family, eating at all the restaurants that we used to go to. You know, it's just going to be a lot of visiting. It's going to be that whirlwind visit, though, because I don't, you know, no matter how long you're there, it just never seems like it'll be enough to to get to see everyone. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, so we'll go from you know triple digits here to. 90s probably in Wisconsin with about 90% humidity and then just kind of the pterodactyl mosquitoes that we'll, we'll encounter. But um, it's a trade-off, so to speak. Well, I think I'll, I'll just avoid asking about pterodactyl mosquitoes. I, I'm imagining them. There's literally <laughs> Jurassic Park again last night. <laughs> so I, I've got a, a mental picture that I, you know, just for the sake of those younger listeners, I don't want to describe, you know, I don't want to, you know, yeah. nightmares. So yeah. You know, Say, uh, we'll, we'll just move on from here. How's that? We'll, we'll move on to rap battle. Sounds good. Rap battle. Rap battle is where we challenge the current state of healthcare marketing and we say, you know, how can we improve things? How can we change things to really get done what needs to get done? And today we're going to discuss concept that we've brought up from time to time, but really kind of flesh it out a little bit more. It's the concept that we've we've been referring to as marketing forward, Peter. And it's it's a term that I think means a lot more than just kind of a, a one-sided view of things. I think it, for us, it, the definition started in a couple of different places. And I, I want to kind of expand on that today. And some of these things have, have been brought up by some of our guests because, yeah, we've got, I mean, thankfully, we, we have rock stars who are always willing to come on this program and tell us from their perspective some of the things, some of the status quo uh, that they see needing to be changed and how we do so. And I wanted to start that off, Peter, by, by just thinking of, of three, what I view as the three biggest trends, kind of macro trends, 30,000 foot view trends in healthcare marketing. The first one is that digital is everything. And what that means is that there's a spectrum of how much this is happening in each individual organization, but there's an evolution of digital going on. And it's not just a tack on solution anymore. I think when, when digital, when everyone first realized digital is not going away, in fact, it's just multiplying incessantly and changing forms and adding new channels. And oh, there's another channel, there's another channel. So at, you know, over the last 10 to 12 to 15 years, as that has happened, we've realized that you can't just tack on digital to the org chart and you can't just tack on digital to the strategy that it is really redefining the entire customer experience and most of the touch points along the spectrum of consumers as they go about making healthcare choices and decisions have some kind of digital element to them. So what we've seen is some of the leading health systems out there and life science organizations and payers out there really change their entire outlook and not just try to do things in all these channels simultaneously and just keep doing everything they were doing before and add on digital because that used to be the approach. We used to literally carve out a team or an individual or hire an agency to do our digital and just treat it as as a silo. And we've all learned that that doesn't work. So we're seeing the evolution happen where we are completely redefining the entire customer experience around digital and seeing that that causes us to think about marketing and communications in a totally different way. Peter, curious what you think about that. Yeah, yeah. and your last uh, thing that you said there is exactly what I wanted to tag on to was it is actually redefined departments, redefined 
skill sets that are needed when it comes to the marketing and promotions of the product. Digital has redefined that. You know, you're looking at the backside of that or the kind of the underneath, the underbelly of digital is is a whole new skill set that teams have to account for now. So you kind of have that front of the house, back of the house. I'm using a ton of cliches here, but you know that back of the house is if you're using digital, it's how are you set up with people that understand pay-per-click and how about SEO and you know even the targeting within the social media platforms, the purchase aspect of that, the, the, the non-organic, if you will. You know, and social media, the social media platforms have steered us that to that. You know, as they've become more of a pay, pay platform, you've got to learn how to work their dashboards, you know, and they're vastly different. I mean, I've done Facebook campaigns, Twitter campaigns, and LinkedIn campaigns, and their dashboards and their targeting and their pay structures are vastly different. So I think to create teams that have kind of the, that expertise, but then on the other side of that, you have to still have the creatives and you still have to have the people that have the knowledge of the organization, the history, the background. You know, if you're in a hospital, having somebody that understands clinical and being able to synthesize really complex clinical situations and, and then how they can be told in story format. And, you know, how does that then translate to reputation for accolades like U.S. News and things along those lines. So digital has vastly changed the approach to marketing and communications departments in pretty much every industry, not even just healthcare. Yeah, I agree. It is, it's so pervasive now that we almost don't even think about it, but it's, it's the evolution that's going on. And so I, I think you're right. So then the second trend is that, so, so that was digital is everything. Now the second one is that revenue is everything. And you'll pattern here in these three trends. But there's the evolution happening from marketing being measured by activity, such as how many press releases went out, how much our media spend was on a digital campaign even, or how many these types of posts we put out there and some basic metrics on them. The evolution is happening from marketing being measured by those types of activities to now being measured by revenue contribution. And there's kind of just the, the piece that's going on underneath that which is a cultural shift and understanding of what the marketing department is there for. We'll have folks who understand that the marketing ultimately, the number one job is to drive revenue, period. Now that means you have to make your brand relevant. That means you have to have customer service. That means you have to do all these other pieces, but that's the number one goal. Like that's, that's the reason to have the marketing team is to drive revenue. And so understanding all those ways means you have to be able to measure those ways. And that just, a lot of the conversations that I've heard over the last few years and participated in and asked those in healthcare organizations around the country, a lot of those are just happening because we're trying to literally figure out, like it, it would usually start out as, hey, can, you know, how does your team organization set up? What's your org chart look like? Can you send us a job description for that one, that one role? Hey, that's, that role is interesting. How have you combined these other roles? Because we're all trying to figure that out, but that's kind of like the... That's the surface part. The deeper topic underneath it is, well, we're having to change the way our team is structured because now the focus of marketing is more crystallized. I wouldn't say it's different. It's just more focused on revenue. What about that one, Peter? Well, that you know, revenue is an interesting one, especially in healthcare. I think we've talked about this on this podcast. It's an odd thing to have to measure in healthcare because you know we're typically not putting out promotions that say, you know, half off on your laser ablation for epilepsy today or whatever, <laughs> whatever happens to be. You have to look at revenue in a bit of a different way. 
in the healthcare format, especially with hospital systems, right? It's a matter of, um, you know, how many consults did you get and how many surgeries can you chalk up to promotions that you've been doing in the digital promotions? It's a conversation tool that is hard to understand that, but yet it still is a needed metric. Whereas, you know, some of the disruptors in the world that we have, it's easier, much easier for them to find out, okay, based on this campaign, how many widgets did we sell or, uh, or something along those lines. That's where digital has hit the mark for product-based services, products and services. It's harder, to, I think, to identify the revenue source in healthcare. That being said, I think digital and the idea of revenue for healthcare has made us focus more on what a call to action might be and to find better ways to try to make those trackbacks, whether it be microsites or forms, filling out forms for more information. That's been a big one is, you know, do you want more information on this particular disease type or something like that, where they can then start qualifying patients, prospective patients, even down to white papers and, and downloads and things like that, where you're able to then track kind of the activity around a specific campaign with regard to, will that then turn into patients and possibly procedures and things along those lines? And then I would say the back end of that, after you get that, I think it's so important in healthcare to make these connections because typically in healthcare, a patient is a longtime customer. It is rare that a patient will have one procedure, one visit, and then you'll never hear from them again. So as you were saying, customer service is so key here. And because you're typically going to be take a, a headache, a migraine issue for a patient, you're not going to get your migraine, migraines fixed in one, you know, one visit. This is going to be an ongoing thing. You might have to be doing Botox injections. You might have to be getting multiple medications. So it isn't hugely incumbent upon a health system to think about their revenue potential for a long period of time rather than just one point of sale. I think that that's important to understand. Yeah, it's very much multi-touch. It's very much a long-term journey. And there are so many touch points involved that you're right. It's not an easy solution, but those are the questions we've got to be asking. So spot on, Peter. So then the third trend is, again, I said there's a pattern, right? So digital is everything, then revenue is everything, and now the patient is everything. Mm. We, we are simul- yeah, we're simultaneously charged with making all these things happen all at once. And this last one, having the patient be everything, this just means that marketing is now driving the cultural and operational transformations that are happening that are related to the customer experience. So there's a transformation about being actually consumer-centric that has to happen for the patient experience to truly be meaningful and that means marketing has to do more than just get better at Marcom. You know, if that makes sense, like it's part of our job is, of course, to optimize and get better at the types of campaigns, the types of inbound and outbound and customer service types of communications that we have going on and learning about new channels and so forth. But all that's kind of under the umbrella of like getting better at Marcom, where there is so much more involved in creating, identifying, mapping out and improving the patient experience. So it is, of, of the three, I think because digital has been, hap- the digital evolution has been happening for so long, to me, this is the most profound of the three. I agree. I, I think, you know, with this one, it's, you know, content is, I think, a big part of this one. And I say that from the standpoint of, you have to know your customers to understand how to talk to them. 
And I think that that comes back to being customer centric. I think a good example of that is, you know, if you're an organization, maybe a little bit late to the game, for instance, at a healthcare system I used to work at, they wanted to have their own blog when there was some very established blogs out there. And rather than creating a whole new blog and trying to get, you know, start from scratch, it was likely easier at that point to reach out to the to the ones that were current and, and had been in the market for a long time and were established to determine, okay, maybe we can be guest bloggers. Maybe we can do advertising on that blog. And in that way, you have to kind of sometimes swallow your pride and, and again, figure out what is best for your customer or your potential customer. And I think that, like you were saying, mapping that out and having a very serious channel strategy and down to even messaging and themes and things like that. So that all takes into consideration that you know your customer and you understand what's important to them. And that's, I think that's one of the hardest things that businesses, hospitals, you know, even outside of even healthcare is trying to get out of that eye of the storm to understand what does it look like from outside in rather than inside out. And um, being able to swallow your pride or see things from wearing someone else's shoes or whatever other cliches that you can come up with. It's that ability to understand why a customer finds your business, your industry important to them and using that in terms of your, your go-to-market strategy. Yeah, I like that, that way of thinking about it because then it, it just shows us that we are understanding how we need to pivot our skill sets and pivot the focus of what we're doing within marketing and communications. So, so very cool. Yeah. I need a dime, ain't faking a book. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Altera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Altera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Altera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ulterra Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. Where I think that kind of leads us is like new skill sets, right? That are required to make that pivot happen. And to me, you know, what we've been talking about and referring to as marketing forward, I've been trying to put a definition to that personally, you know, to, to better understand how to convey what it is. And so there's a few ways when I'm thinking about marketing forward versus marketing backwards or marketing in the past, marketing that worked well in the past, but doesn't anymore. You know, what the difference is. And so I've got a list of, of six traits of each way, marketing forward versus marketing backwards. And I'm curious to, so I'll read one one side and then the other side. And then Peter, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. So, so I'm starting marketing backwards. Marketing backwards sees healthcare as a commodity and marketing forward sees healthcare as an experience. Marketing backwards, marketing backwards relies on heavily 
on earned and or paid media, whereas marketing forward is obsessed with content. Marketing backwards lets the digital team worry about tech, whereas marketing forward, every member of the marketing team is the tip of the spear with tech and they understand the platforms that are needed to carry out the, their strategy. Marketing backwards, again, uh, means making decisions based on instinct and impressions. And that's because, let's face it, that's all we used to have. That's all we used to be able to do. That's how we had to make choices and, and base our strategy on it. Whereas marketing forward today means making decisions based on data and on meaningful business objectives that are usually agreed on with those outside of marketing, right? So, so that's the difference. Now we have the data and now we recognize that marketing isn't just done in a silo somewhere. We're not just producing pretty things, as Matt Gove would say. <laughs> so there's that. Then marketing backwards again uh, sticks with the status quo. It's a lot easier in their mind to just do things the way they've done it. We've you know, advertised in that, in that publication before, so we're going to keep doing that. We've run this type of campaign before, and we're just going to keep doing that. Whereas marketing forward means continually piloting new programs. And then the last one, marketing backwards, is my favorite. Uh, marketing backwards means speaking like an industry insider, using words like my favorite word, multidisciplinary. Oh, boy. And then marketing forward means speaking like a patient. Not just speaking down to a patient, but speaking like a patient ourselves and showing empathy for the humans that are involved in healthcare. So, all right. So a lot of stuff, Peter, there. Which, which ones of those stood out and which ones did you agree with or disagree with? Well, I, I think, I, well, I, first of all, I'm going to say I agree with all of them. So spot on with marketing backwards and marketing forwards. I love this. I'm just going to go with the one, the, the last one that you said, because it's, it feels, it's, it's very close and near and dear to my heart as I work in healthcare currently. And I do write a lot of copy and I'm in charge of a lot of content here. And, you know, that word is constantly used. So it's, it's either, you know, it's, it's that multidisciplinary versus, and, and, you know, comprehensive care, you know, those are the two big ones. And it never becomes more evident than when you are writing something specifically for patients or prospective patients, rather than say, you know, like referring providers or something along those lines. So again, it's again, knowing who the audience is, but then when it is to an audience, like a prospective patient's audience, it's speaking in their terms. It's like going to another country and expecting you to speak in one language and in your language and they don't, and they don't understand you. And you just keep saying, why you're, you're going to get it sooner or later. I'm just going to keep talking like this. And it doesn't work in that specific example of multidisciplinary and comprehensive care. When we've done web pages and when we've done whether collateral or something along those lines, it's more about, no, it's more about a one-stop shop. It's more about, hey, you don't have to make multiple appointments at multiple different locations. It's everything is here on this campus. And making it simple to say, okay, if you went from, you know, if you're going from the NICU, your next stop is neuro because, you know, that's what your child is experiencing in that particular disease case or something along those lines is, is literally like journey mapping for people and making it feel like it's almost an individual message to them. And I think that that's important. One of the other ones that stood out to me is kind of that, uh, I think one of those ones was, uh, we talked about, um, oh, the impression. What was that one? What was the marketing backward for that one? Yeah, marketing backwards was making decisions based on instinct and impressions. Yes. Forward was making decisions based on data and meaningful business objectives. And I like that one too, because you had mentioned that it needs to be agreed upon 
by not only the marketing folks, but the people that you're servicing, the stakeholders within the organization, they have their goals and, and objectives and needs that they have to have met. So I think you put your experience touch on it, you know, from marketing standpoint, but ultimately you're, you're helping them reach their goals because everything ladders up to a, a massive overarching strategy. So you are a, a lane in there. You know, when I say you, I mean, marketing is a lane in there in that they can help achieve those strategies for the program directors, uh, chiefs of staff, things along those lines. I think that's important. And to not just do it by gut, it's to say, okay, we know we have this community that is being underserved in this particular type of disease type, and we have the expertise, and we are staffing up here, we have the technologies to help these, this kind of patient. So therefore, we need to, you know, in some cases, it might come down to, hey, we just bought equipment, we've staffed up here, we need to support those decisions from a, a hospital or organizational standpoint. How do we justify those things that we've now purchased or re- recruited and sometimes it really does get down to that level. And it's that, I think what I'm trying to get at there too is it's okay that marketing is in on those conversations. Let marketing in earlier so that they understand what are they trying to get at? What am I ultimately as a marketer or a promoter trying to help? If you don't have the whole story, your messaging and your targeting and your strategy might not match up with what theirs is. And then that's a recipe for, for destruction, to tell you the truth, and, and for being unsuccessful. And then go back and to see where were the touch points matching up. So those two really stood out for me. I agree with every point you made, but I think that's important. And one other thing I wanted to bring up with Marketing Forward is this article. I, I, I know we've done this before, Jared, but I wanted to throw this out there. This article that I, I threw out there. Actually, Chris Pace from Banner was the one that posted it. And then I reshared it because I really liked it. And I feel it has a, a good Marketing Forward message. It was this from um, the author, Rosabeth Cantor. And it was uh, entitled, Smart Leaders Focus on Execution First and Strategy Second. And it's from the Harvard Business Review. And I really, really thought that that was a provoking, a thought-provoking title. It ended, the last sentence in this article says, in short, encourage innovation, begin with execution, and name the strategy later. And I think one of the things I want to just throw out there is that you can get analysis paralysis sometimes. I know data is important, but I do want to caveat that with you can't let strategy keep you from actually moving forward at the end of the day. And I've seen that all too often. So I just want to, I just want to throw that as a caveat. We might be able to talk about that in a future episode as well, but um, I just wanted to throw that out there because I feel that is very marketing forward to, to be able to innovate and get something done to execute. And you can name the strategy later, you know, semantically if you want, but just sometimes innovate and get things done is important. So agreed. So agreed. It's a balance that I think is the, at the heart of a lot of the things that we try to figure out in marketing and communications. And it's something that, we, that needs to be. We have to figure out where the right balance is there between executing and, and not letting the analysis, like you said, let's avoid analysis paralysis and, and get on with things sometimes. So, Excellent. Man, just uh, good stuff. I feel like we have a better idea of what Marketing Forward is now. And as we you know, keep using that term, that it, it helps us ultimately understand what the types of changes and evolutions are that need to happen for us to meet those trends that are happening right now in our world. And all of that to be said, I think that was just another uh, rap battle that we can say. We haven't said this for a while. We killed, killed it. Mm, nice. Good stuff. 
I know. Good stuff. It's been good. It's been real good. So uh, let's uh, let's hit this up. Let's definitely do this again sometime. You know, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And for you listeners, we want to tell you again. Thanks again for checking this out. Be sure to join the posse. You can do that by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. You can find us on Twitter at Healthcare Wrap, and you can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarewrap.com. We're in season two here, and, and you guys got to check out. We've had such rock star guests and some awesome, fun, fascinating topics recently. You can check out recent episodes with Jessica Walker, with Gina Zark, with James Gardner, with Ben Dillon. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, it's just it's good stuff. It, it's, it's so fun. So we also want to give a special thanks to Express Docs, Altera Digital, and the Podcast.Healthcare Network for helping us spread the awesome. So be sure to check all that out, guys. We've been doing this, like I said, for over a year. It's been a blast. So on behalf of Peter and myself, thanks so much. Keep marketing forward. And that's a wrap. <laughs>